This is the final episode of the Revelation study series. We did it! We're finally here! Only took mm, about a year and a half, but we did it. Today we are in chapter 21 and chapter 22, drawing Revelation and the whole Bible to a close, tying up all the loose ends and giving us such a hope to be looking forward to. Let's dive into the final episode in this study series through Revelation. Well done for sticking with me through this time. <laughs> My name's Megan and here I talk about the Bible. I spend some time reading through commentaries and studying passages and then chat through here about what I've learned so you can learn that info on the go, doing your cleaning, while you work. And I really hope this just feels like grabbing a coffee with me and doing a deep dive into scripture together. Let's get on with today's episode. I honestly can't believe we're here. I honestly cannot believe we've done it. We're in the last chapter. This has taken a long time. I really hope you found this resource helpful um, going through Revelation chapter by chapter. I've really enjoyed it. Although I have to say for the next book I'm going to be doing on this podcast, I've picked something a lot shorter. <laughs> I'm going to do a few shorter books um, over the next kind of six months. Uh, and then maybe we'll pick another long one, but this one has taken a while to get through, um, and there are longer books in the Bible than Revelation, so we'll see how it goes. I think next we're going to do Jonah, so keep an eye out for the next episode, which will be starting Jonah, probably looking at the context and stuff of Jonah, um, but that's exciting. These final two chapters in Revelation are just so beautiful, and if you've ever read the Bible cover to cover or read big chunks of it in order, you will see in these chapters so many themes are being brought together here. So many threads that weave throughout the whole of the narrative of scripture are being tied together and it's just so, so beautiful. Um, so let's read the two chapters and then I'll give you some commentary on what some of those themes are. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulphur, which is the second death. 
Then came one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates. And at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its, gated, um, and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod, twelve thousand stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, and the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And with twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street to the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honour of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever unenter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign for ever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits and of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the only one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. 
And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and the idolatrous, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say come, and let the one who hears say come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. So that's it. That's the end. And it ends by encouraging us as Christians to keep the words of the prophecy, to keep hoping for this new kingdom that's going to come, um, setting our sights on that and standing firm. It talks about at the end there, the ones that have washed their robes um, coming to Jesus and Jesus reminds the reader about the churches that he's speaking to, the seven churches from the beginning and all those promises he gave to those who conquered, those who overcame. And it's just a really good reminder for us as, as readers of this book that that is what we are to do we are to remain steadfast to stand firm to overcome to conquer all the schemes of the enemy and to rely on jesus and look forward to the hope we have in this new creation so let's look at some of the themes that come to a conclusion here in these last chapters of the book the first um, motif that crops up is about the sea um, it says that the sea is no more in the new creation and that's an interesting verse and it's something that has puzzled a lot of people but if you follow the, the kind of theme and the way that the sea is used in imagery throughout the bible you'll see that the sea is linked with chaos we've talked about this before in this series it's linked with evil powers and the opposite of kind of god's order it's chaotic and unpredictable so in saying that the sea was no more, it is underlining the fact that evil has been got rid of, that chaos has been got rid of. And we saw that, didn't we, in the chapter just beforehand, in chapter 20, where evil and death and Hades is put, is put away forever. It's completely defeated upon Jesus' return. We then see the holy city, the new Jerusalem, um, the city in which God is with his people. Um, and I just want to read a bit of Isaiah 65 to see how that is a theme that runs through the whole Bible and is seen in the Old Testament. 
This is Isaiah 65 verse 17 through to 25 and, and you'll see a lot of the other themes in the chapters that we've just read coming up in this passage as well. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit, for they shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labour in vain, or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord, and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While yet they are speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So here we see a new Jerusalem prophesied and right at the centre of how this place works is a restored relationship between God and his people. And that links into another theme that we see brought to conclusion in these chapters at the end of Revelation, which is of the bride, um, the people of God as the bride that is marrying the lamb, the church marrying Jesus brought together for eternity bound together and the opposite of Babylon that we've seen in previous chapters these people are to be the residents of the city of God um, of this new creation and that links to the phrase that we hear in verse 3 they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God now if you've read the Old Testament you will recognize that phrase because it is repeated all over the place um, and it just shows God's heart. They will be my people, I will be their God. That is what he is longing for. Um, that's the whole purpose in this whole big narrative of the Bible is for people to be with God and for them to know him as their God um, and for them to be his people and not going off in sin or worshipping other idols but being his people and we get the fulfillment of that here in the new heavens and the new earth there is no tears no death no mourning no crying no pain and you can see how that connects to the the prophecy in isaiah that we just read this place is defined by what is not there anymore um all the bad stuff that we see in our world is no longer there we in this place, um, the people of God live in his divine presence. Another theme is that of waters, living waters, the river of life. Um, and we see this all the way through the Bible again in, in the prophets, in Isaiah, Ezekiel 47, um, you might want to read. Also, when Jesus comes and he's speaking to the woman at the well, he says he will give living water. 
um, to those who believe, who follow him. And this is the fulfillment of all of that track through the Bible as well. It can be given freely. He gives this water out to all those who thirst, all those who seek him and follow him will be satisfied, will drink from this living water. And the water and river imagery is linked with the trees and the fruit as well, which again is a theme that we see all the way through the Bible going right back to the Garden of Eden. And the way that this city is described is very Edenic. It, it, it reads as the Garden of Eden the same way it was described then. It talks about the Tree of Life as well. Um, and that is purposeful. This is a return to the paradise that God created. Um, however, what's interesting is it's not just a garden. There's also a city. Um, and there's a really good book that I read fairly recently by John Mark Homer called Garden City and he kind of talks about this and riffs about what that means for our day-to-day -day lives now but the point is in this new heavens and new earth this God's perfect creation of this garden this kind of Eden garden but also there's a city it shows the partnership between God and people that there is nature and there is an urban scenario going on <laughs> that shows people investing in this and building but in a way that honors God not in a way that is self-serving um, and it creates this beautiful city garden it's just it's just beautiful imagery tying right back to Genesis and coming to completion in the heart of God that is for people to be with him to rule with him um, over creation and and work with him to create this beautiful place and the fact that these measurements, this building, is based upon the foundations that are the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles just show how this is based upon God's people and the unity of God's people. All God's people build the foundation of this beautiful city. People combined with God in one city with this Eden nature just running through it and surrounding it. And all those gemstones and the gold and everything as well, that's all linking back to the prophets. I think it's mostly Ezekiel, but it's just talking about the splendor and the beauty of this place and how it's always been God's intention for this to be how things are. This doesn't just come about, it's planned right from the beginning. And there is no temple in this city. There's no temple. Um, we get all this measuring stuff, which reminds us of Ezekiel 40, which was about like measuring a temple, but it's measuring the whole city. And um, John says there is no temple in verse 22. Let me just read Craig Keenan's comment on that. He says, one of the most basic hopes of ancient Judaism recited daily in prayer was the restoration and renewal of the temple. A hope from Ezekiel 40 to 48 onward. But for John, the whole city is God's temple or dwelling place. And God is its temple as well. The city's light being the Lord's glory rather than the sun or the moon is taken directly from Isaiah. Is this really the way people expect? As Craig Keenan notes there, people prayed for a, a restoration of the physical temple. But John is saying here, we will get the full restoration in the new heavens and the new earth. Where, where the whole place is going to be God's temple. Um, there's no physical temple for God's presence is there. It doesn't need to be monitored. There's no barrier now of sin or of the enemy. 
um, or of evil or any of the stuff, it's all been destroyed. We can just come freely into God's presence, be living in that place where there's no need for a temple and there's no need for the sun, for God's glory lights up everything. How amazing is that to think about? It, it's just impossible to picture in our minds, isn't it? But how amazing will it be to see that? And the book ends with giving us a reminder of who Jesus is and how Jesus himself fulfills so many of the prophecies of the Old Testament. He says, I am the root and the descent of David, the bright morning star. He is the Messiah who's going to reign over all things. Um, in him is the fulfillment of all of these promises that we see throughout scripture. And it's a reminder to us to stay steadfast in that, to stay focused on him, to be praying for this kingdom to come. Um, those who do not follow him, who decide to still live in evil, will not be in this city. We now live in a world where evil still exists and still has a hold. But John knows that, and Jesus knows that as he gives this revelation. And I just find that verse, verse 11, be such an encouragement. Let the evil doers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, he says. And it's just an encouragement to just stay in that place, even though others around us may be pursuing evil and and unrighteousness to be in this place where we are pursuing righteousness and holiness and putting our hope in this new creation that is coming that is coming we are to pray for and look ahead to and share our hope in um just one more thing this is the end of the bible it's the end of revelation and it tells us that nothing more should be added it's just reminding us that what we have here in scripture this is god breathed and it is sufficient for us. We don't need to turn to other books, um, other revelations of God. This here is enough to encourage us, to keep us steadfast. And so that's the end of our study in Revelation. I really, really hope you have enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, like I said, I'm gonna be doing Jonah next, so stick with me for that. Um, it'd be great to hear from you and your thoughts on this hit me up on Instagram in the messages um, and I'm just going to pray quickly as we finish this series in Revelation. Thank you Jesus for this revelation. Thank you for how you show yourself and your heart, for how you give us guidance on how to stay steadfast and firm in this crazy world and Lord we look ahead to the hope of the new creation and Jesus we say come soon, your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so, so much for joining me for today's podcast. If you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be really, really helpful. And it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the Bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey. If you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially, you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just 
donate a little bit towards making these resources. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Bible with Megan or One Word, where I update everything that's going on and have content on there as well. So I really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Bible with Megan podcast.